Welcome to the weekly message from Encounter, where the past has no future and hope is reborn. Our speaker today is Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor at Encounter. Good morning, church. Tell the person next to you he's here. We, we know that he is always everywhere. But on occasions, he decides to reveal himself in greater measure. When, when our heart aligns with his and our spirit is open to him, he shows himself. And he anticipates this time with his people. I shared with you a while back, I was walking through our backyard. And I don't remember what I was doing. I was walking through the backyard and heading back, and all of a sudden the Lord showed me somebody. And uh, it was somebody that's going through a really, really bad time in their life. And and they were in, in, in this, this short snippet of a vision I had. They were, they were on their, their back patio and their porch, and they were, it was evening, and the sun was just going down, and they had their hands lifted, and they were crying as they were worshiping. And God said this of them. He said, I anticipate my time with them. <laughs> Look up that word anticipate. It means he, he looks forward to. Isn't that amazing? And I, I, I get the sense that God looks forward to our times together when we, when we lay aside everything else and engage him. Amen? For the next little bit, I, I, just, I really need to unburden my heart with what I know that God has put on my heart to share with you. I don't know that I've ever felt of God to preach on this message or this subject. But for the next little bit, we're going to be talking about God's sovereignty. God's sovereignty. Hebrews chapter number 9. So good to see everybody here this morning. Some new people, some people that haven't been here a while. And I, I know that, that God has a desire and a design for you to be here. And so it, it's good to see you. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 24. And I know that the book of Hebrews is one of the more difficult books to understand. Let's read it and we'll come back in just a moment and bring clarity. The writer of Hebrews chapter 9, verse 24 says this, For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor yet that he should offer himself often as the priest entereth into the holy place every year with the blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once... In the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice 
of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Would you stretch your hands this way and pray with me and for me this morning, Father? I felt your heart this week for for this gathering of people. I people here this morning that I didn't anticipate, but they didn't surprise you. Holy Spirit, I know that you're the real teacher. You're the real preacher. And you, you can take what is being shared and personalize it so that every individual here this morning hears what you want them to hear. The particular truth that you want to drive home to them. Because we shall know the truth and the truth sets us free. So, Father, I claim that word. I claim that it will not return void. It will accomplish that which you've sent it to do. I take authority over every hindering spirit. I take authority over confusion. I take authority over fear. And I just pray for clarity as we share your heart. Amen. Sovereignty is defined as this. The full right and power of a governing body over itself without any interference from outside sources. Sovereignty. Sovereignty means you don't answer to anybody. You do what you want to do. Nobody can interfere. You're the final word. Kind of like your teenager acts about their room. You rent, you pay the rent, the mortgage, you put the light bill, you you buy everything in it, you how many know what I'm talking about? Sovereignty. This verse, I really feel just to focus on the last little bit of it, but but what the writer of this is saying is, you notice that the Hebrew here did not say, for Jesus entered, it said for Christ. And he, the writer of this, is telling you that prior to this, every year sacrifice had to be made says later in Hebrews 11 that those sacrifices made every, every year did nothing to change anybody. But Jesus came and he does not sacrifice every year, but he one time gave himself fully to pay for our sin. And he took that sacrifice and entered into heaven and paid the debt. If you have been the beneficiary, some time ago I 
went through Dunkin' Donuts to get a cup of coffee. It was early. I didn't want to kill people. So I had to have coffee. Anybody can relate to that? No, I mean, not me killing you, but anybody else need your coffee? to? Okay. And I, I, I pulled up to the window and expecting to pay $2.85, and I went to hand my card, and she said, it's already been paid for. The, the, the person ahead of you paid for it. I didn't know who they were. They just paid for it. That's a good example of Jesus, even though you don't yet know him, even though you, he's paid for it. As a Catholic, growing up as a Catholic, we had all sorts of jokes about what you say to St. Peter at the gates of heaven. St. Peter won't be greeting me, and there's nothing to say. Jesus himself said that I'm an expected guest of his. You are an expected guest of his. But in the midst of this text that we read, he, he draws a line that we need to talk about. He said, it is appointed unto man once to die and then judgment. We, we are living in a world where there are no lines anymore, it seems. A while back, my, my family and I were in a place with a, just a different culture of people and and they didn't know personal space like you and I know personal space. They're of a, just a different culture. And if you're in their way, they got no problem bumping into you. You're standing and waiting and they got no problem hipping up to you and grabbing what's in front of you. You ever been around people like that? They don't, they don't, there's no, there's no personal space issue. There are people who cut in line. Does that aggravate anybody else? I, I inadvertently cut in line the other day, and it wasn't until I walked away that my wife pointed it out to me. We walked in somewhere, and, you know, I, I, I see the cash register. There's a guy behind the cash register. I just, I, just I, I was buying a ticket. I just walked up and gave him my money, and, you know, and I stood there and joked with him for a minute, and I turned around and leave, and there's like six people standing there staring at me. I didn't see the line over there. I just walked right in front of everybody. We're living in a time where there's, there's no lines. There's, there's no limits. How many know what I'm talking about? There's, I'm almost as guilty as the next guy. I have this attitude when I go to visit somebody in the hospital, I'm going where I want to go, go see who I want to see. When I want to go, nobody's going to stop me. So I walk in like I own the place. doesn't matter when. <laughs> and I go where I want to go. 
had somebody call me. They were being rushed to the hospital, and they said, Pastor, I really need you to have prayer with me. They said, I'm going to go directly into surgery. I'll get there as fast as I can, I told them. And I got in my car, and I got there, and I made my way and was asking. And I said, well, where are they? And, and the nurse said, well, they've already taken them back for surgery. I said, okay, where do I scrub up at? And she said, what, what do you mean scrub up at? And I said, don't I have to scrub up before I go in the surgery room? She said, well, you can't go in there. I said, are you going to help me? Or do I do this by myself? Um, I told them I would come in and have prayer with them. I'm going in to have prayer with them. And she said, I'll help you. But we're living in a time when there's no lines anymore. It's, there's no... The sovereignty of God has long been under attack. God doesn't have a right to do what he does and doesn't have the right to say what he says. And I, I think that, they, that, that that's an overdrive now. I believe it's an overdrive because the Antichrist, I am convinced, is walking this planet this moment. The Antichrist is living and breathing this moment. And the Spirit of Antichrist is preparing the hearts of the world to accept the Antichrist. Just like John the Baptist came before Christ to prepare the way, the spirit of Antichrist has come before the Antichrist to prepare the way. And because that the Antichrist is so diametrically opposed to everything that God is, he is the exact opposite, then the minds and the hearts of people have to be prepared for his coming. Does that make sense to anybody? I want you to notice that the Antichrist is not an anti-God spirit. It's not an anti-Jesus spirit. It's not an anti-Holy Spirit spirit. It's an anti-Christ spirit. The reason why that is important is the word Christ literally means the anointed one. But when you dig down into the, the Hebrew meaning, it's more than just the anointed one because you're anointed for a purpose. You're not just anointed to be anointed. You're anointed for a purpose. And it literally means the anointed king. Like David was a forerunner of Jesus when he was still a shepherd boy, he was anointed king over Israel. The prophet declared by the direction of God that David was king over Israel. Jesus Christ has been anointed by God as the king over the whole world. How many is with me so far? And so the Antichrist is wanting to take away his kingship. 
Because the world will accept the Jesus who loves everybody. The world will embrace this guy who tells us to do unto others as you would have others do unto you. The world will embrace kindship and love and acceptance. But what the world can't embrace if the anti-Christ is to come is he can't accept sovereignty. You and I, if we're going to be prepared for the Antichrist to take power, what needs to be removed from our hearts is that God is sovereign. That God doesn't mean what he says and doesn't say what he means and that God has no right. We're living in a time when the sovereignty of God is being attacked on every front. Like never before, fatherhood is a joke. Policemen are being attacked and killed in record numbers. Just last night, I watched a little bit of uh, live PD. And it's been, it's been a few years since I was 15. You guys are supposed to act surprised. But, but, but in this live PD episode, there was two 15-year-old girls. And, and they, had, they were runaways, and they had locked themselves in a car, and, and a number of police officers had showed up and, because there were reports that that's where they were. And, and so the police officers were trying to get them out of the car, and they refused to get out. And it was, it was quite a scene because finally one of them threw the door open and took off running and took two police officers to try to wrangle her. And while they're fighting with her, the other one tried to get off and run. And the one kept saying, you have no right to, to, to hold me. And he, he, he showed her his badge. He said, this gives me the right. And she said, I don't recognize that. You see the, the sovereignty thing. Man, when I was 15, if a police officer looked at me bad, I mean, you know what I'm talking about? Come on. I grew up in a household. Mom and dad both had to look down. I mean, anybody else, you got, you got the look from mom and dad? And we even knew how far we could push mom and dad's look. We knew you could get two or three looks out of mom before you had to. Is that her first look or her second look? Oh, it's just her second look. We're okay. You got one look out of dad. <coughs> and you felt blessed if you got the one look. Sovereignty. The sovereignty of God is being attacked by preparing the minds and the hearts of people not to accept sovereignty in any way, shape, or form. 
I'm old school. Dad and mom, you're sovereign in your home. I didn't get much support on that one, but okay. And what we, Jesus was, was consistent in pointing things out that we could see with our eyes to prove a supernatural or spiritual truth. Sovereignty is under attack everywhere. I think there's not a person in this room whose heart is not challenged by what we see happening at our border with Mexico. If you have any compassion, you understand that there are people in this world who don't have it nearly as good as we do and are desperate to get that. This is not a political statement. But there's something else at play here, folks. The sovereignty of a country to say this is where our border is. We have sovereignty in our home. Don't, don't, don't break into my house. I don't think any of you plan to. Don't break into my house. I beg of you, don't break into my house. In my house, it's sovereign. There are those that are part of the family or those that are invited. Anybody who thinks they're going to break the sovereignty of our home, I have weapon, weapons and I can put a bullet where I need to put it. I practice regularly. Went just this week. I invite you, we will love on you and provide for you. If you invite yourself, you will understand what happens when you break the sovereignty. Come on. You don't believe in sovereignty? You have sovereignty over your body. You alone are the one that decides who could touch you and where and how. So to say that God can't be sovereign is to be hypocritical. But the sovereignty of God has been long under attack. It didn't start with a song, but the singing of this song by John Lennon a number of years ago released something in the spirit. The song's words say this, imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us. Above us, only sky. Leave it on this slide for a moment. Imagine all the people living for today. Stop for just a moment. I understand that came with a melody. That melody, if you've heard this song, went through your mind, even as I said the words. But there's another way to look at this song. Because it was Jesus who told us about heaven. And it was Jesus who told us about hell. It is the sovereign king, Jesus, who told us of the presence of both. Are you with me? 
I understand this is different for Sunday morning. I'm just obeying the Lord, folks. So when John Lennon, or whatever motivated John Lennon to write this, said, imagine there's no heaven, imagine there's no hell, he's literally saying, who does God think he is to create a heaven and a hell? Are you with me? But there's another wrinkle to this, the next verse. Go to the next slide. Imagine... There's no countries. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for. And no religion to. Imagine all the people living life in peace. Just imagine. It's a sovereignty. You know, the Bible says that we need to cast down our imaginations. John Lennon is saying, imagine, just think how nice it would be if God wasn't sovereign. There's no heaven. There's no hell. You see, we, we, we are literally living in a time when, when people believe in heaven, but they don't believe in hell. And the difficulty with that is the one who told us about heaven is the one who told us about hell. And so if he lied about hell, then how do we know he didn't lie about heaven? Sovereignty of God. Unlike mankind, man can lie, but God cannot lie. With God, his yes means yes, and his no means no. There is a heaven. I get aggravated when I hear some preachers say that God talked about, Jesus talked more about heaven than he talked about heaven. That's factually incorrect. Jesus mentioned heaven 15 times. For every one time he mentioned hell. I've done the study myself. But he mentioned hell nine times. He did not lie to us nine times. And he's preparing the Antichrist spirit, is preparing the hearts of people to accept the idea that nobody and nothing is sovereign over us. I was this week I, I thought about the, the sovereignty of God when it came to the ark God made this sovereign statement everybody in the ark will live everybody outside the ark will die now the Bible doesn't specifically to the best of my knowledge tell us how thick the wood was on the ark, but we're talking about maybe that thick. I, I say that for a reason. Do you understand something? If this was the piece of wood, John lives, I die. John lives, I die. 
what, what's the difference? Because God said John would live, and God said I would die. Jesus established his authority, his sovereignty, in the verse of Scripture, numerous scriptures, but the one I want to bring up is John 14, verse 1. John 14, 1. If you don't like the sovereignty of God, or you don't like sovereignty, period, I want to tell you, I've, I've been to countries where there was complete lawlessness. And I don't like all of our laws, and I certainly don't like the way our government always acts. I'm glad we have one. We traveled once to Belize. <coughs> and when we got to the port, they, 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 they have a sanitized section of the city where they've built this big wall. It's about 12 feet high, and it's got barbed wire. And it probably encompasses two to three acres. And, and nobody from the outside comes in there without passing through the guard tower and guard gate. In fact, we watched as a delivery truck, the delivery truck pulled up out front and, and there was a barrier there, a steel barrier, and the delivery driver got out of the truck and the guard went and got in the truck and he drove the truck into there and backed it up to the dock. The driver of the delivery truck did not even come into that area. It was in my heart to take Josiah into the city, which was about a half a mile away. So we went up to the guard shack, and, and I said, I need, I, need, I need to get through here. And the, the guard said, you, you what? I said, we're going to go. I said, the city, is it, is it a half mile that way or that way? He said, you, no, you don't, you don't want to go out through there. It's not safe. He said, it's safe in here. No, no. So no, we're going to go, we're going to walk into the city. He had to dig through and he pulled out a form, liability form, sign this so that you understand I've warned you. And we walked out through the gate and we walked into the city and you could feel it. You could feel lawlessness you, it was tangible we spent a little time walking around the city I wanted JJ to be exposed to that some would say well that was a foolish thing to do I know that was the attitude of the guard in the shack that was a foolish thing to do to put yourself in danger what they don't understand is we took with us a sovereign God who was more sovereign than they were lawless in that city. And so they looked, but nothing ever happened. Jesus said it this way. Let not your heart be troubled. John 14. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God? Believe also in me. 
In my father's house there are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, you may be also. And where I go, and the way I go, you know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we, we don't know whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. And then his sovereignty. No man comes to the Father except by me. Not Buddha, not Allah God, not the stars or your horoscope, not how good you or I think we are. That's really we've made ourselves God. Jesus said there is one way into heaven and it's me. And this is a personal thing with me. I go to prepare a place for you. And I will come back to you. And I want you to know my sovereignty. Nobody gets to the Father except by me. And the Antichrist spirit will lead people to believe that there are many ways that we're all headed in the same direction. We all have a common core of beliefs. We all, and, and, it, and it, whether you go the Buddhist way or the Muslim way or, or the Jewish way or the, you fill it out some ism that really never was him, and so it's got to be an ism, you know. You, there, there's all these different, but none of them go. Jesus said nobody goes to the Father except by me. And this world may not want to recognize the sovereignty of God, but it doesn't change the reality of it. God spoke the world into existence. And he owns it. He's not governed by anything other than his word. My dad, in a moment of anger, said something would happen if something else happened and that something else happened. And so in his world and the way he was raised, he had to honor his word. And it was a horrible incident. And as close as he ever came to apologizing, years later, as we're sitting on the front porch, he said, do you remember that day that I shot your goat I was a kid. We'd moved from the city to the farm. I got a pet goat. It was cheap. Don't get a pet goat. But I, it, 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 to eat, I would, I would put it out in, in the yard. 
and I, I tied it, I, I had a, a collar on it, and I, I tied it up with baler twine. And the goat got loose from the baler twine, and he got into the garden, and that's what made Dad mad. And so he yelled at me, and I got the goat, and I tied it up, and I told the goat, don't do that no more. I couldn't figure out how he was getting loose. And he got loose again, and my dad really got mad. He said, if that blankety-blank goat gets in my garden one more time, I'm going to blow his head off. So when I tied him back up, it was two strands of baler twine. I didn't know he was chewing it off. I thought he was just... You cannot imagine the fear in my heart when I looked up 20 minutes later. And there was my goat in the middle of the garden. And my dad bent over, tending to something. Ten feet away. I quick, as fast as I could, I ran up to my goat. And I grabbed a little five-foot piece of string that was still left on his collar, and I started to pull him to the barn when my dad saw. His pickup truck was just right there, and his gun was in the pickup truck. As I'm pulling the goat as fast as I can get him to move to the, get him in the barn. Because I knew that when my dad said something, he meant what he said. My shot rings out. And the piece of twine that I'm holding onto goes limp because I now only have a head. And the rest of my goat is on the ground. And a couple of years later, my dad said, do you remember when I shot your goat? Let me think. He said, I probably shouldn't have done that. But I gave you my word. He shouldn't have done that. He shouldn't have given me his word. And I should have honored his word. Am I to blame? No. I was a kid. But you can imagine there's no hell all you want. You can imagine that God doesn't have the sovereign right to do what he chooses. He has chosen to give you every opportunity to go to heaven. Revelation chapter 21, verse 3. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne, sovereignty, said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, 
for these words are true and faithful. And he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and the whoremongers and the sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. It's hard to read those words. A number of years ago, I determined I was going to go from Genesis through the book of Revelation and read about every verse I could find that talked about hell and had its description. And I found good news. It was never a place that God intended for you or I to go to. The Bible said it was prepared for the devil and his angels. That's what God's intent was. But as I continue to read, we, we find that it is not like depicted in, in, in our modern theology, uh, you know, a cave and a fire and the devil walking around laughing. I want to tell you, he's not enjoying being there more than anybody else will. But the Bible also says that, that it's a place of outer darkness. You don't see anything in hell. It's, it's absolutely pitch black. There is nothing to see. It's dark. And the Bible also described it as being a place that is only as big as is needed to contain its inhabitants. It's not a place where you walk around, you go to the Starbucks and get a coffee. The clearest picture I could find was that it was a pouch that was filled with a substance that burned day and night. And the inhabitants of that place were in absolute darkness. The Bible said, and there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The pain in that place is so unbearable that the inhabitants are literally chewing on each other. And it never stops. And it was never the heart of God that anybody would ever go there. Just like you have the right to determine who touches your body. Think about this for just a moment. Think if I was just walking down through here and I found a piece of chewed gum on the floor. <coughs> Boots probably did it. And I, I reached down and I pick up that piece of chewed gum and I pick it up and it, it's got fuzz and hair. And I walk up to you and I attempt to stick it in your mouth. There's not a person in this room would say, wouldn't say, wait a minute, this is my mouth. Are you with me? You're not sticking that in my mouth. Are you nuts? And you have that right. You're sovereign. 
There's a sovereignty in our home. You, nobody comes in uninvited. You need to know something. God is sovereign. He, through the anointed king of Jesus Christ, decides who gets into heaven and who doesn't. Listen to me for a moment. In this time when we are arguing about walls, if you think you have all the answers, I don't. My heart can be nothing but moved for the people on the wrong side of the wall. But heaven has walls. And God decides who gets in. And Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. I want you to come. I want you to come. Listen to me for a moment. You got to understand, you got to understand this. When Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, standing in the crowd was one Judas, Judas Iscariot. I go to prepare a place for you, Judas. If I go and prepare a place for you and come again, I will receive you unto myself so that where I am, you may be also. Thomas said, where are you going? How do we know the way? And Jesus said, I'm the way. I'm the way. A relationship with me is the only way. I'm the one. I'm the one who will look you in the eye and say, Father, this is one of mine. Father, this is one of mine. Father, this is one of mine. Father, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. Depart from me. This is one of mine. Depart from me. This is one of mine. Depart from me. This is one of mine. And we're living in a day where we don't acknowledge sovereignty, but I want you to know something. That will be a bad time to relearn the sovereignty of God. Because he is absolutely sovereign. There's no arguing. There's no appeal process. Because he's never wrong. Some would say that's unfair. No, no. Uh, I'll tell you what was unfair. What was unfair is the mess that you and I have made of our life. And before the foundations of the world were ever laid, God gave a remedy. And if God the Father had, had given himself, that would have been more than we could expect or, or that would have been more than any of us could have fathomed. But he went more than give himself. He found the most beautiful the most loving, the most innocent, the kindest creature that ever set foot on this planet who has never done one person wrong, who has never misjudged somebody, who is nothing but the embodiment of love. He brought him, and with his agreement, he slayed him like a lamb led to the slaughter. He was a lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. And God is saying, 
I gave you everything I have to fix your mess. I didn't expect you to fix it. I fixed it for you. All you got to do is believe that. All you got to do is say, I accept that work. All you got to do is understand, I took my son, my son, I stuck him on a tree, and I took all of your sins, and I put it on top of him, and I killed him for your sins. And then you tell me I don't have the right to determine who comes into my heaven? I'm sovereign. And I'll tell you who gets in. And I'll be open with you who doesn't get in. Here's who gets in. Whoever my son says, dad is one of ours, gets in. You say this is a hard message to hear. It's a harder message to preach. But he's a sovereign God. And we are in this world right now being prepared for a spirit of antichrist who recognizes no sovereignty. John Lennon said, imagine there be no countries. It's called the UN. There'll be one leader, the antichrist. In the hearts of mankind, in Streetsboro, Ohio, and in Beijing, China, in Nairobi, Kenya, in Moscow, Russia, to this moment are being prepared for that attitude that there is no sovereignty. And every day, the sovereignty of God is being attacked. The sovereignty of God said I was a male. And now we've got to move, even in our own government, that is supposed to allow children to choose their own sex. One state already has a box you can check. Not male, female, undecided. And I, just today, just this morning, just this morning, as I was praying, out of nowhere God said this. I consider the womb my sovereign place I never thought about that before but he said I I formed you are you getting this I formed you in your mother's womb I chose you I knew you Would you stand to your feet That's Bishop Michael Rice, lead pastor of Encounter. More messages from Pastor Rice are available at our website, godenc.com. You can subscribe to our regular podcast through our website or on iTunes. Find us on Facebook under Encounter.